Hey y'all, hey. Or as they like to think we say in Texas, howdy. <laughs> and let me know one thing, how y'all feeling? Hopefully you feeling good as hell, especially after listening to that intro by the wonderful Lizzo. If you don't have that song in your playlist anywhere, you need to download it now because that will be your mantra for the whole rest of your life. How you feeling good as hell? I am. (laughs) So I want to take the time to welcome you all to another episode of Black Girl Abroad with your host, LaQuisha. And today's episode is talking about getting uncomfortable. Yes, getting uncomfortable. And for those of you that do not know, I am getting uncomfortable in Kuwait. Yes, my whole purpose for starting this podcast, my whole purpose for starting this vlog that you're going to be looking at on YouTube was because this year I decided to embark on one of the most amazing and freeing and spiritually enhancing journey of my life. And that was moving abroad to Kuwait. Um... Again, Kuwait is somewhere I've never visited before on vacation. Kuwait is somewhere that you often hear bashed and, you know, overly, um, overly, um, made to look bad and sound horrible when really and truly it's not. And like I said, this has been one of the most freeing experiences of my life thus far. And I've only been here for one day. But just the the gratification you feel from yourself in taking and taking a leap like this is is amazing. Um, but we're gonna talk about all that and more after this commercial break. <music> Hey y'all and welcome back to Black Girl Abroad with your host LaQuisha. So in talking about getting uncomfortable, one of the first questions I'm always asked is why Kuwait? Why move there? What do you know about it? Isn't it war? Isn't it all this stuff going on? And my question to those people back is, why not Kuwait? Why not? So I'm going to tell you a little bit of how my journey began to wanting to move abroad. This was not something I came up with overnight. This was not something that I just woke up one day and was like, hey, you know what? I want to move abroad. No, it's not that I'm running to escape my problems back home because I don't have any. I've worked very hard over the last two years to become drama-free in my life. Um, And really and truly, moving abroad started from not even knowing that this was a possibility. Um, So in 2009, I graduated from the prestigious the wonderful, the amazing Prairie View A&M University, PV. I know somebody feeling me because you did it on the last podcast, okay? But um, when I graduated in 2009 from Prairie View, I graduated with my bachelor's in psychology. My passion, first and foremost, has always been mental health. 
um, just because I feel like that's my niche. Like, that's what I'm good at. I'm good at observing, looking at patterns, looking at cognitive development, looking at why a person do what they do, looking into their past. How is that an indication of their future? I just feel like that's my genre. That's my ish, okay? And so... The gag of it all is really and truly to those of you inspiring to be these wonderful black psychologists in the world. The truth of the matter is, it's very limited things you can do with a bachelor's degree in psychology. If I'm lying, all my other psychology majors comment when I post and publish this um, podcast and let them know if I'm lying or has things changed over the past almost 10 years since I graduated. But at the time, it was very limited jobs you can do with a bachelor's degree in psychology. So all my friends were like, hey, girl, let's go to this teacher certification class because we can just come out and become teachers until we do this, do this, do this, do that. My first response was, hell no, I ain't want to be no teacher. I No, I ain't teaching nobody. Uh-uh, me and kids, nah, baby, uh-uh, uh-uh. And that was my mentality um, until I started subbing, which may she rest in peace, my godmother, Donovan Williams, helped me to become a sub in Galena Park School Districts. And I was always getting jobs, thanks to her and her friends, um, at the middle school campus there. And from being a sub, I began to see myself as a teacher. I began to see myself as someone who can stand in front of a class and deliver a lesson and grade papers. And I began to see myself transforming to this. And I said, you know what? Hey, let me not block my blessings. Let me not block my opportunities. Let me become a teacher. So I went through the ACT program, um, received my certification on the first try. Thank you, Lord. And... In 2010, I was hired as a middle school Texas history teacher. Um, Now, just taking a little moment to let y'all know, I initially went into the teaching certification program to be a math teacher because math was my thing. At least I thought it was. (laughs) Um, And ended up teaching seventh grade Texas history and fell in love with the content all over again. Quick fact about me is I was actually a scholarship recipient from the Daughters of the Republic, um, which is a Texas um, based company or organization for once Texas became its own republic. um, That's how they all started up. I think I'm saying that right. But I just know I received a scholarship from there when I was in the seventh grade. Thanks to my teacher, Mr. Sheldon, um, who just took an interest in me in the seventh grade because I was really into Texas history. So it's amazing years later I began teaching it. And so social studies just kind of became my niche. I went from teaching seventh grade social studies to teaching eighth grade U.S. history to teaching sixth grade world cultures. And even as a GED instructor and professor at HCC, I taught social studies. That was just my thing. So in 2009, just starting off in teaching, I'm sorry, 2010, just starting off in teaching, I didn't even know moving abroad was a possibility until I saw my friend Crystal move abroad and she went to Abu Dhabi. 
And I was like, wow, that's possible? And then slowly but surely, I started seeing more people move overseas. So it just filled, it just filled me with this fuel, like I wanna do that. And it wasn't because I seen them going on trips or seen them doing, it wasn't because of that. That wasn't the selling point to me. The selling point to me was, I am a social studies teacher by nature. I am a history buff by nature. Why am I teaching about something I've never experienced? That was the whole selling point for me. So right then and there, I knew I had to do something. Um, and so in 2016, my line sister, Jasmine, Lene, and Nisha, we all went to Dubai for a spring break. Dubai is amazing. Let me just put that out there. Dubai is amazing. Talk about the Vegas of the Middle East, that's Dubai. In Dubai, you can party all night long, you can drink. Um, in Dubai, you can just gamble. You can have a good time in Dubai. And not only that, Dubai also has its cultural and its spiritual um, background as well that makes it even more interesting. And from there, we went to Abu Dhabi. And Abu Dhabi is so tranquil, it's so peaceful. Like me and my line sister Jasmine was like, man, I can see myself living here. And it was at that moment when I said that, that I came across a teacher who was already there. And mind you, we was wearing the full garments um, because we went to go visit the Grand Mosque and you had to be, you know, in proper attire. And so the lady told me, she said, well, what school are you at? And I said, what do you mean, ma'am? She was like, don't you teach at a school out here in Abu Dhabi? And I said, no, ma'am, I don't. And from that moment, that kind of like foreshadowed you know, the rest of my life for me. Cause I was like, why am I holding myself back from doing this? You know, why am I holding myself back? So when I came home, March, 2016, I instantly started applying for jobs overseas. Um, now this is the kicker, or as I like to say, the gag of it all. Out here, they don't go off of your experience. So if you was like me and was like, I haven't taught social studies forever, I'm gonna sign up to be a social studies teacher. They're gonna call you on your BS and say, where's your degree that says you're certified to teach social studies? So talk about being kicked in the ass. I was kicked in the ass, y'all, because I was like, what you mean? I, baby, I've been teaching social studies my whole you know, life. And they was like, no ma'am. They say your bachelor's degree is in psychology. That would be a subject you're qualified to teach. They saying your master's degree, once you graduate, because I haven't graduated at the time, is in counseling. That will also be a different field that you can apply for, but you can't apply for something you don't have a degree in. That shot all of my draws. So now I was back at square one, because I was like, dang, I still got two more months to graduate, and there are no psychology jobs, so what am I to do? But God seen a way to make it happen, because I started applying for jobs, y'all all kind of counseling jobs. I was like, well, this is my chance to step out on faith anyway. I'm ready to get out the classroom. And let me just apply for these counseling jobs, right? Well, we're going to take a commercial break and I'm going to finish up with this story. <laughs> so, 
so in applying for counseling jobs, I applied to Dubai and Abu Dhabi, naturally, because I just came back from those areas. So I knew what they were like. Um, I knew what the people were like. I knew all the tourist spots. I knew all the hangouts. So that was my mindset. Well, as they say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans because I instantly received the call back from recruiters and they were like, oh, you're very qualified to be a counselor and we see you've done this, you've done that. I love that you have practicum doing this and that. However, are they, or as they say in the black church, when it was a butt put on it, B-U-T, a butt put on it, um, you knew something else was coming afterwards. And so they said, however, Dubai and Abu Dhabi does not accept novice counselors. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, who does? And they said, Kuwait. And instantly, mind y'all, this was 2016, instantly my mom was like, hell no, I ain't going to know Kuwait. Um, and I just knew it had to be a way around it. So I stopped dealing with that recruiter. And believe me, they assured me to the T, you're going to be safe. You're in a metropolitan area. I don't really think people know how different Kuwait is from what they used to hear about on the news and blah, blah, blah. Whoop, whoop, do, 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 do. I wasn't trying to hear that because I was stuck in my own bias, right? Um, just like when it was time for me to become a teacher, I was stuck in my own bias. And after that, I said, okay, let me go another route. Well, y'all, it took off two years of searching because I was like, well, how am I going to do this? Because pretty much every recruiter I went to, from TeachAway to SIR to Evictus, they all told me the same thing. Dubai and Abu Dhabi, you have to have more than two, three years experience in that field. Okay, that's cool. Whatever, you know. So I took two years off. Um, that's when I joined A-Leaf ISD, which I love A-Leaf ISD. To me, to me, the best district in the Houston area. And um, A-Leaf was wonderful because I feel like that kind of catapulted me to where I am now because in A-Leaf I went in with the same mentality I got this master's degree baby I'm about to be a counselor even though I didn't have a certification y'all I'm about to be a counselor I'm about to do this I'm about to do that got knocked on my ass again in A-Leaf because I went in A-Leaf as a classroom teacher as an eighth grade social studies ESL classroom teacher when I tell you that was the best year of my life that I've taught, I never felt more supported. I never felt more nurtured. I never felt more impactful to my students than I did when I was in A-Leaf. Um, and shout out to my eighth grade team at the time. Shout out to everyone who played a role and just helped me to get to where I was from the history department to the eighth grade history department, to the eighth grade team I had, to all the neighbors and everyone that was just very supportive to Mr. Morgan, my wonderful appraiser. He was amazing and he knew his stuff. He wasn't one of those, 
you know, I worked in school districts in the past that would have appraisers over my content level that never taught social studies a day in their life. It wasn't like that in Ailey. Mr. Morgan knew his stuff. When I took him, like, class projects that my students made with the different flags um, from sixth grade world geography, he knew what country it was. He was like, Turkey, Qatar, this, like, he knew. And right then and there, I said, oh, I made the best decision to come to this school with someone who knows the social studies content and not just going to say, well, it's just like reading. It's not, it's not, okay, for everyone who says that, and and I'm passionate about that. But moving on, I digress. Um, and then after that one year in the classroom, I spoke it into manifestation. I said, this is my last year in the classroom because after this, I'm going to be a coordinator. That's really what I wanted to do since I've learned the position in A-Leaf. And sure enough, I became a after-school program coordinator the next year and completely loved my job. I mean, I love the flexibility of my job. I love working with the students. I love working with the parents. I love throwing events. And why I say I felt like that catapulted me to where I am now, because as a counselor here, that's going to be my same requirements, putting on events, dealing with parents and teachers, and dealing with adults more than I deal with kids, dealing with the kids. So it it gave me a, a foreshadow of what I'm going to do here. And then I look back into the international market because the thing was my position, I went in my after-school program coordinator position knowing that it was only one year. But I told myself, I'm going to step out on faith and take this position for this one year because this is something I've wanted to do. This is going to give me that leadership um, opportunities that I've been looking to take. And I just need to believe that something is going to come along next year. And sure enough, something did. You know, I started back on my international um, search. And now I don't want y'all to think this whole time I've been dormant. Because no, I was researching about Kuwait. Because I knew it was no way to get around coming to Kuwait. If I wanted to do international and I wanted to do teaching first. I mean, I'm sorry, counseling first. I needed to go and do my research. And stop being scared. So I started doing my research on Kuwait, started doing my research on the last time Kuwait was in a war. And to those of you that do not know, the last time Kuwait was in a war was in 1991 when they were invaded by Iraq. Um, And of course, it all stemmed over oil and things of that nature. Um, The war ceased the the following year. Um, And after the 1990s, American companies started invading Kuwait and building up real estate, building up um, fast food chains, and it kind of changed the whole dynamic of Kuwait. And so that's why when people say, oh my God, is it war, is it this, is it that, is it this? No. Even when I spoke with people from the Middle East, and I would tell them I'm going to Kuwait, they was like, oh, you're not in danger, you're good. You know? because that's, I mean, that's the persona that, that's put out there when it's not like that. Um, and so, yeah, applied on January 30th for Kuwait. I applied to China. I applied to Mexico. I applied to Dubai and Abu Dhabi again because I said, let me just put my, let me just shoot my shot. Um, and I received a call back from Mexico and from Kuwait. 
I had an interview with Mexico on January 31st. Um, and I just didn't like the, the package. Um, to be honest, they didn't offer a lot of benefits. It wasn't really suitable for me to uproot my way of living to come to Mexico. And I was still going to have to pay for housing. I was still going to have to pay rent. I was still going to have to do all these different things. And the gag of it all, y'all, is they wanted me to be a permanent substitute teacher. No, I'm not about to move from my comfortable dwellings and uproot my whole life to be a permanent substitute teacher. You got me all the way messed up. So then I end up having an interview with the school I'm at now on February 1st. Um, and had a wonderful interview. It was a Skype interview. Um, the interview for Mexico was actually in person. It was actually in Houston at a job fair. The interview for Kuwait was on Skype. I had a wonderful interview. To me, my principal was very transparent. She did not sell the school to be the best school ever. No, she did not. And that's why it's so funny when I hear people, oh my God, you going to that school, girl, that school right there. And yes, I'm going to listen and take everything, but also I have to create my own my own memories. I have to come up with my own impression of something. I'm going to take what you say and I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to receive it. But also I have to, to take into accountability my own experiences for just that. So at the interview, she um, said, well, I'm going to get back to you in a week and let you know. I'm going to talk it over with my team and blah, blah, blah. She said, but we have a lot of people here from Texas she said, actually, the middle, the elementary school principal has been there seven years. And she's from Houston, Texas. And I was like, okay, cool. So I just knew I was going to have to wait that whole week, y'all. Well, come to find out, she emailed me. I think February 1st was a Friday. By Monday, the recruiter sent me an email. was like, we have an unofficial offer. Can you go look at it and see how you like it? And if you have questions, let us know. We can, you know, renegotiate, blah, 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 blah. I definitely had questions. Um, I definitely renegotiated. And they met my offers. And I'm here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm here now. And, you know, in this next segment, I want to just talk about that whole transition. Um, so... I'll be back at the commercial. Welcome back to Black Girl Abroad with LaQuisha, and we're talking about getting uncomfortable. I really think I need to do a part two to this podcast because I don't want to make this one too long. But the thing is, um, y'all, getting uncomfortable is just another way of saying stepping out on faith. And I really feel like too much in life, we are dreamers and we I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. And 
it could be the best idea in the world. But we look at things sometimes and we say, oh, the market is already oversaturated with stuff. You know, I think I said this the other day on my Snapchat, how it's people who, I want to be a makeup artist, but there are already 25 million makeup artists in the world. So what? And you can be 25 million in one. How about that? Or you'll have people who say, oh, I want to be um, a hairstylist, but there's 12 billion hairstyles in the world. And for every hairstylist there is, believe you, there's 100 million people who need their hair done or their hair cut. So it's like a lot of times we let doubt kill our dreams because honestly, um, I was going through a time where I was like, damn, am I making the right decision by coming here and doing this and doing that? And especially when you listen to people, y'all listen, I love my family. I love my friends, but you know, for some people, when I first talked about going to Kuwait, it was yay, but you could tell that yay was like dry, like yay. And for some people it was yay, girl, you better do it. And then for some people it was just pure anxiety and worry and all of that. And I get it. I get it. I really, really do. But a lot of times that will kill our dreams because we'll be listening to others and was like, well, no, nah, man, I don't need to go on here and do that. You know? And the thing about getting uncomfortable and taking that leap of faith is you never know where just stepping out your comfort zone will land you and will lead you. And so I want to close out part one of getting uncomfortable with saying, what is it that you've always wanted to do? What is it that you've been desiring to do? I know for me, another goal of mine is to lose weight. And y'all, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I want to lose weight, but I ain't been doing nothing. I started to say another word. I ain't been doing nothing to even help out with that goal. So, one, I want y'all to recognize the goal and the dreams that you want to aspire and achieve. Two, what do you need to do to make that a reality? You know, what do you need to do to make sure that it all goes according to how you want it to go? Okay, um, and like I said, I'm gonna do a part two to getting uncomfortable because there's so much more I want to say, but again, I don't want to make my podcast too long. Um, so I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Getting Uncomfortable, part one. Part two is gonna come your way sometime next week, y'all. I need to get settled in, I think I need to get some more sleep because I just got another little headache. <laughs> But I hope that y'all are having a great day, a good evening, a wonderful afternoon, whatever time zone you're in, okay? And I hope that you got something out of this podcast today. Part two is going to be coming your way soon. Peace from the Middle East. I know that's corny, right? But it's the truth. (laughs) All right, y'all. Check y'all out later.